This is Stephen Hyden, author of Twilight of the Gods, A Journey to the End of Classic Rock, and you are listening to Rock and Roll Archaeology. Welcome to Miss Pamela's Pajama Party, a Pantheon podcast. Music, culture, technology, and rock and roll. And now, Miss Pamela DeBar. Hi, dolls. Come on in. Welcome to Miss Pamela's Pajama Party, a Pantheon podcast. You are about to kick back and relax to the world's most famous groupie, and that's me, and I'm proud of it. So I'll take that title, and I'll tell you briefly what it means, again. A groupie is someone who loves music, loves the bands who make it, wants to hang out with the bands, wants to be as near to them as possible, in any way possible. And just enjoy them, and be amused to them too, as well. And I've written several books, most famously, um, I'm with the band, uh, my first book, but there are four others, and I'm halfway through my sixth now. Isn't that something? I have writing workshops all over the world with my dolls. I call them dolls because I just love them. I give tours of my rock and roll haunts in Hollywood. I'm with the band Rock Tours. And you can find all this out on my website at PamelaDebar.com. And I'm really excited to be part of the Pantheon Podcast Network of rock and roll shows. Keeping it alive, baby. Just a bit of news. You can find all the Pantheon shows now on Spotify, Radio.com, Pandora, and really anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We are growing. All of us at Pantheon love telling the stories about the great moments of rock and roll in a variety of manners. There's something for everybody. So many shows for you, so many flavors to choose from. Yum, yum, yum. Find it all online at pantheonpodcast.com. And what matters the most to us, of course, is if you enjoy what we do here, please head over to pantheonpodcast.com and show it to a pal. Thank you. Today's show features, oh boy, um, someone that looms large in my legend, Nick St. Nicholas, the bass player in Steppenwolf and many other bands, but he was my very first lover, the the someone I decided to give it all up to. And he is so quirky and has so many cool stories and has so much to say that we're probably going to have to have him back. But this is is our first hour with Nick St. Nicholas. I hope you enjoy it. She asked me, baby, I could tell. 
dolls. I have the most amazing special guest today. I am so thrilled to have this guy on my show. His name is Nick St. Nicholas, and he's formerly of Sparrow, uh, Minor Birds, right? Uh, and of course, Steppenwolf and several other bands, Time, Trust in Men Everywhere, one of my favorite acts in, like, in the late 60s. And in my history, of course, the, those of you who've read I'm with the band, you know how important he is in my history. He is the first person I actually slept with. Let's just put it right out there. Did we sleep? <laughs> Not much, actually. <laughs> yeah, he was the very first. Where were that part of sleeping. We weren't sleeping that much, really. But anyway... Uh, you know, I, I waited and waited. I held on to my virginity, you know, for this guy right here in my living room right now, 50 years later. So it's always such a thrill to see you, Nick. Well, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be anywhere. <laughs> I'm really glad. I know you've been through some health issues. So yeah. have I. So yeah, have I. Yeah. You know, we're at a certain time in life where these things happen. Yeah. But you've had such an amazing life, right? It was well. I think it is. I, well, it's still amazing, like mine, right? We yeah, don't. We don't it's stop. It's amazing because you're still alive. Yeah, we're still alive. So many people have gone. Ways yeah. of, uh, crazy, lovable moments. Yes. Some, some <laughs> weird, crazy. Can I say t- you dog could, shit? Yes, you can say dog shit. That's one uh, of his favorite terms. Yeah, is dog I mean, shit. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. My pile of dog shit. Well, I want to start kind of back, way back for you, because I'm going to give people a sense of who you are and all the amazing stuff, dog shit you've been through. So, um, are are you from Germany? Did I get that right? Yeah, I was born in Plön, Germany. It's just like uh, about 100 miles from Hamburg. Okay, Uh uh-huh. And how did you get to America? Oh, Boat. <laughs> okay. All right. How old were you? I was nine. Oh, all right. So your folks decided America was the, the, the best place to be? No. To bring you up? No? No. We're, we're, um, <clears throat> my dad was being hunted because he was uh, one of those. He's a friend of a friend of a friend of those that tried to bring down Hitler. Oh, and my father was in the Navy, and he sided with, he thought it was a great idea to go move forward with it. But the head of the Navy, Raider, was a good friend of my dad's, and they, my dad was a fleet commander. Uh-huh. And um, he actually had uh, Hitler on his boat, because he had it taken to Denmark. Whether you like it or not, oh, either you like it or not, and get shot. Yeah. If, and so, Gee. after the, I don't know this the history. Temp, um, I guess in Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. It failed, and so my dad, because of, if you know, being friends with someone that knew something about what was going on. Yeah. That was enough to have them come after you and your family, and so we made a run for it. Wow, on a we boat. To, yeah, on a boat. How long did that boat ride take? The boat ride took... 
12 days. Wow. Was it exciting or scary? Uh, No, it was exciting. Okay, because you weren't aware of all that other... Uh, Hitler type I, stuff. I didn't know what was that? I thought we were going to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. I, and you wound up in LA, huh? Well, no, we wound up in Quebec. Oh. Canada. Oh, right, right, of course. And then. Yeah. I uh, remember. We took a train to Toronto. Mm hmm. And um, went. And lived, uh, we moved in with the Flurries. They had one of those old Al Capone cars. Yeah. One of those black with the running boards on the sides. Yeah. And Bonnie and, and Clyde cars. Flurry, they were our sponsors. Uh-huh. And I went from living, I had my, I had a beautiful bedroom overlooking a lake with a balcony and um, beautiful three-story house and had my friends there that I didn't know I was leaving all of that. Oh, end up oh you thought in, maybe it was just a vacation? Yeah, living in one small room with five kids <laughs> in one bed. Oh, no! On Queen Street. Uh-huh. Okay. That's the name of the street, Queen Street. That's kind of like the downside of Toronto. Right. But it's like the hood of right. Toronto. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> but I didn't mind, you know, it's like we're young, we don't know. Yeah. It's good as long as you yeah. eat, sleep. Yes, exactly. It's good. And how long were you in Canada? Till 1965. Oh, okay. And so you started playing music there, though, right? No. No. My parents thought I was going to end up being a... Uh, Nobody, because I was hanging out with guys, the Black Diamond Riders. I used to be an usher at a theater, Scarborough Theater, and um, they would come in, like the whole, the group would come in after the manager had left, and I would let them in for free, because uh-huh. I had the money belt okay. and the tickets, and okay. to me, I didn't see them. Uh-huh. Manager asked me the next day, "Did you see anybody come in?" Nope, didn't. <laughs> and um, so, why did you align yourself with them? <clears throat> well, they gave me a ride home from the bus stop. <laughs> I didn't have to take the bus to go home. Okay. And so my parents got all anxious and sent me to back to Germany. Oh. To go to school. Oh. Okay. Instead of bringing my school books, I brought my hockey equipment. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and ended up playing for Hamburg. I was 17. Wow, Nick, this and, is stuff I don't know. And so being a Canadian, they figured all Canadians know how to put the puck in a net. <laughs> right. So, and I did that for them. That's all I did in Canada. They hated school because I used to get beat up for being German. Oh, and, no. You know, they kind of blame me for starting World War II. Right, yeah, yes. Yeah, and I was only two. <laughs> <laughs> right, of course. So, yeah, I was in Germany at 17 and <clears throat> not getting anywhere fast except <laughs> for being on the ice. And my uncle, who was president of the University of Hamburg, mm-hmm. I stayed at his house. And they shipped me back to Toronto. 
I spent three years trying to get out of the ninth grade. <laughs> so, so when John Lennon and the Beatles, they had that song, number nine, number nine, I said, shut up. <laughs> Number nine. I hate nine. Well, did you wind up ever completing school? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Forces, like child labor. Okay. I had to finish. I got my, I graduated out of high school, and then my mom, she kind of, uh, she thought I was going to be a bum. Like she put a P on the end of bum. I said, it's bum. There's no P on it. (laughs) Bump, like a, a speed bump. Oh no! Oh, you're gonna say it. She's working for the tri. She was like the, the director of the correspondence courses in the University of Toronto. <laughs> and she said, "Bum wrong." I moved oh, out of the house and moved to Yorkville Village, okay. where the, all the beatniks are hanging out. Like, mm-hmm. and Joni Mitchell is there. Uh, the band played down there. Levon Helms and the Hawks. Mm-hmm. And um, then I formed the first rock and roll band in uh, Yorkville Village. There's been a lot being written about that place. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, but you know, they forget who started a lot of that stuff down in Toronto. It became the new, um, the village. Bob Dylan went and fished out the band. Mm. From there? From there, oh. from the village. Well, and how do you spell that? Yorkville. Oh, Yorkville, okay. Yeah. Okay, I never heard of that. Is it still a hip and trendy area? No. Like the village in New York? They knocked it down and built these huge uh, uh, commercial buildings and so mm. on. And oh. Changed the landscape and oh. skyline. And Gosh, I hate it when that happens. Yeah, they took down, like, uh, Joni Mitchell used to live, like, right next door to me. Mm. Like we lived in an apartment. Uh-huh. She had like door number two, and I died in door number three. Did you two get involved? And if two ever <laughs> wanted to see three, yeah, you know we could go and bump. Did two ever go see three? Well, <laughs> no. I had I had a I had a couple of people that moved into my room. Oh, okay. Yes, it was getting a little crowded in there. <laughs> So I figured, okay, that's it. You know, no. What was the name of that band? The name of that band was the Minor Birds. Oh, the Minor Birds. That was your first yeah. band. Yeah. And the lead singer was Rick James. The was Rick James, super right? Super freak. The Rick James. Yeah, and I found him walking around in a Navy outfit. <laughs> How and did you know he could sing? I didn't. You we just... were practicing. I had a drummer, Rick Cameron, and Ian on guitar, and I played bass, and... Um, Rick walked in. I didn't know his name. Mm-hmm. And he leaned over this like this uh, iron, wrought iron balcony, and down in a basement. And um, he, he looked over and noticed there wasn't a singer. Mm. He said, uh, I said, I asked him, I said, what songs you know? I didn't ask if he sang, because at that time, the only black people I ever saw were on TV, and they all sang. Wow. So I... Really? There was no black people in Germany. And right. And I had never seen... That's incredible. I only seen Rick, and there was maybe two or three others. Was, was he Canadian? 
no, he was American. What was he doing there? He was AWA. Oh. <laughs> That's how he joined your band. And he still had his Navy, Navy outfit on him? He had his Navy outfits, but he sang good. Right. <laughs> I figured, wait a minute, this is not going to go over. We're going to have to do something. Um, how about, like, we start off, I get you some new clothes. <laughs> right. You know, get you street clothes, get rid of the Navy outfit, hide it somewhere in a box so you can s still have access to it if you ever need to put it on to go in front of a judge when they find you. Wow. So, and then Neil Young joined the band. Right. And, this uh, is an amazing history. So Now, um, he is Canadian. Right. Neil Young yes. is Canadian, right. yeah. Now, how did he find you, or how did you find him? Uh, we were just down in the uh, village, that he was, you know, just wandering aimlessly, you know, <laughs> gone. Like hippies? Were you hippies already? Somewhere, but, but nowhere. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like a hippie. Yeah, like yeah. It, it was, yeah, well, we weren't hippies yet. The word we're didn't exist yet? working at it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Good. All right. So that's cool. Your first band had Neil Young and Rick James. Yeah. Wow. And in um, the band, like there was a band Sparrow with Jack London and the Sparrow, and they kicked out the lead singer, and they asked me to trade bass players, and I went with the Sparrow, and their bass player went with the Minor Birds. Okay. And I moved on, and we got a deal with Capitol Records. Okay. In Toronto? Still in Toronto? Okay. In Canada. Right. There's a song called If You Don't Want My Love, and they hit number one. Oh. And... We need to find that and play it. Let's right. play that. Better story than having a number one record. And that was when we were still the Minor Birds. I got to remember, I got to tell this story. We were hired to do our managers set it up. He looked like a Minor Bird. He had a long neck. He had a kind of had that weird Minor Bird look. He sold Minor Birds. That was his thing. And he used. Is that band. how you use the? Yeah. That where you got the name yeah, for the he band? Yeah, used us. The band. He used us to, <laughs> you know, to just. You know, give us some notoriety or like make his uh, shop a little bit more known in the Toronto area. Right. So he figures, well, how I can do it by taking his band, calling the Minor Birds, having them dye their hair black with a little blonde beak thing in the middle, bleached out, and black leather jackets, yellow turtleneck T-shirts mm. with black pants and beetle boots that we dyed yellow. 
and we got a job outside of town in like a American bandstand show with a bunch of bleachers with a bunch of school kids in there for me after four right. dance hour right. in Oshawa outside uh-huh. of Toronto and it was all set we went there in a limo I mean I'd never been in a limo until we went to Oshawa right then in Oshawa uh, we all got out of the limo went in a uh, television studio and they instructed everyone what as to what to do right and Rick James of course singing the song that he hated is called Minor Bird Hop <laughs> Do I have to sing this thing? Yes, uh, as part of the agreement. The song was Oh Minor Bird. It's the flip side, so. No, do the the hop thing, all right? Okay, so all these kids are sitting in the stands. They don't know what's going on, except they see this group, you know, dressed in these weird outfits. And then told the guy on camera, says, listen to my cues. Don't keep your eye on the bird. Whatever you do, don't stop filming. Keep your eye on the bird, though. And so, this is cool. And they placed the minor bird on Rick's finger, a blind minor bird, which is one of 60 minor birds that could remember to say, Hello, Ed Sullivan. Oh. <laughs> Hello, Ed Sullivan. Because he promised what? that if we did this, we'd get on the Ed Sullivan show. Oh. You know, oh. We're, we're all oh. ears. Oh. Like, oh, this oh is great. God. What a great. We have to be on the Ed Sullivan show. So with this blind minor bird on Rick's finger, everything's going along well except the minor bird started pecking oh. at Rick's finger. Oh, oh! And he said, "Ah, ah!" He made noises. Yes. And he took the finger and flung the bird onto the floor. And no. Yeah, and the the camera was on the bird as we started rolling minor bird hop. And this guy that looked like a minor bird told the cameraman to take the camera off the bird, but he couldn't hear him because he had the headphones on. And so he kept his camera trained on the bird, flapping his wings, saying, Hello, it's Sullivan. Hello, it's Sullivan. Over and over and over and over again. And all the kids in the bleachers are saying, What are we watching? What is this? While you guys performed the song, they... The camera stayed on the bird yes. because that's what he was told. And, and then it took him a long time to get to commercial. Yeah. And so half of Canada was watching. And they didn't know what they were watching. Oh, no. I quit after that. Uh, you, you did? Yeah. That, that's when you traded bands? Yeah. So, okay. Okay, okay <laughs> Mr. Minor Bird, that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to take a break. Uh-huh. I'm going to just play in another rock band. Then, uh, while going in transit, David Clayton Thomas, like he showed up and he asked me if I wanted to be in his band. But I said no, because if uh. you did join his band, he would kill you. He would knock you out if you tried to leave. Oh. That was a fact? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you didn't want to do that. You didn't no, want he, that. He beat up the, if he wanted, he beat you up if he wanted to leave his band. And he had a really good band, too. And what were they called uh, again? They were Clay, David Clayton Thomas and the Shays. This is before oh. he ended up with oh. Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Oh, okay. So he had, that was an earlier band of his. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So. 
So you missed out on that, I guess. Yeah, but then you went to Sparrow. Yeah. Which brought you to the States, right? Well, they kicked out the lead singer, um, Jack London and the Sparrow, and I needed to find a lead singer, and mm -hmm. I found John Kay at the, at the Night Owl. Okay. And he's playing opening up for Hoyt Axton at $10 a night. And I asked him if he wanted to join a band and sing in a band because I really liked the way he played his blues and so on. He had Karina Karina, Hoochie Coochie Man, going to California. And how old was those, he then? Those, uh, how old was I? Yeah, how old was he? Oh, I'm just. Were you about the same age, both of you? Yeah, in twenty, twenty-one mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Wow. Years. Young. Somewhat in that area. <laughs> and then, um, oh. um, I took John Kay. He he said yes. He would like to try out for the band. And I brought him. To the band, but the rest of the guys in the band didn't want him. They had another guy, mm, so mm -hmm. I fought to have John Kay in the band. Right, good, and, <laughs> and it worked. Yeah, like uh, I called him up in an afternoon dance party at a high school and just asked him to come up and do, you know, just sit in with the band. And then the, the drummer that didn't like him really liked him. Mm. So then John Kay had a permanent place in Sparrow and together we went to New York. Hmm. Okay. Sparrow live long before it became Steppenwolf? And how, how did that take place? Well, we were the Sparrow um, up until, like, we went and did the Columbia Records thing in New York, and then our visas ran out. Mm. And then we're all standing on 10th and University Avenue, and it was a, I remember it was a sunny day, and we went to the drugstore to have breakfast. Yeah. And then we went outside and stood outside the Albert Hotel. And I drew a line. I see, I see that line in the sidewalk. And they, they all said, yeah. And we were like huddled like a, you know, like a, like a football team huddles before they go out and do a play. Yeah. yeah so we all huddled <laughs> around to figure out where we were going to go. What are we going to do? Our visas had run out and we don't have any money. So what did we do? We played a few places around New York, 54th Street Avenue, um, then uh, the barge out in Long Island, and then there was like the management and agency dropped us and said, you guys should get jobs and go back to Canada. <laughs> 
but we're we're out of here. We're not going to produce you anymore. You you guys you guys are just going to have to find your own way. And the William Morris Agency dropped us, and management Stan Freeman dropped us. He did, went, did you have a record? Did Sparrow the Sparrow have a record? Yeah, it says "Down Goes Your Love Life" uh-huh. and "Green Bottle Lover." Okay. Those are the two songs that didn't go anywhere. They didn't even get in the Hot 100. <laughs> oh, shoot. And so, so they dropped this. So I drew a line in the sidewalk. And I said, okay, for those wanting to go back to Toronto, this is your chance. For those that want to go to L.A., you know, mm-hmm. we're Canadians. We have no visa. We're legal. Do you want to do that? And they said, yeah. So we did that. problem is I had to drive the entire distance from New York to Hollywood on enough money for gas, but not enough money to stay anywhere. So it was a continuous one way. Wow. One, like I I had three trucker's pills that I took. They keep you (laughs) up for five days. Trucker's pills. (laughs) Speed. Right? Yeah, they sell Uppers. Uppers, Mm -hmm. you know, and... These were called Black Beauties. Oh, God, I remember those, of course. Yeah. And so we popped, I, I popped three of those. Like I was oh. the only driver. John <laughs> K. can't see. The others had like suspended driver's license or they had DUIs or something. Some problem. And so you did the, all the driving. I had to do all the driving. Mars Bonfire, they got wrote, born, uh, born to be Wild. Uh-huh. He'd sit in the back. He'd never even drove a car. He never. <laughs> So I do all the driving and sign us into the Tropicana Motel once we got oh, to Hollywood. Oh, the perfect place. How did you know that was the perfect place but to John Kay told us because oh. he had been to Los Angeles. Oh, okay. He told us all about Los Angeles. Oh, right. And that was in the next night after being in Hollywood, signing us into the Tropicana Motel. Mm-hmm. The thing to do was to take... Like, here's your dessert, here's your little disc, here's your little vial, and it's acid. Oh. And yeah. you take them purple... Vile acid, and start shaking hands with palm trees and you know, yeah, like tropical plants and stuff. Hi, how are you doing? (laughs) Somebody come running up and said, "Hey, you can't do that. You can't be shaking hands with trees and shrubs. You gotta (laughs) get back to the Tropicana, you know, before they arrest you for being here illegal." Oh, right, but of I course. Just, I just booked us into the Whiskey Go-Go. Now, how did you, was it easy to book? Were you still called the Sparrow then yeah. when you got to town? Yeah, I, right. did, I did all the booking. I acted as like the bass player and agent, and I would scout out places to play, mm-hmm. and hmm. the Whiskey was one of them, and I ran into Randy Meisner from the group called The Poor from Nebraska. They were staying there. Mm-hmm. At the Tropicana, oh, so many bands stayed there. Right? So that's how Randy ended up playing with the World Classic Rockers. Oh, you know my now you knew group. Him that, yeah, because yeah. you knew him that that long ago. My God, what was that? Sixty eight. That was in sixty seven. Sixty seven. Okay. Yeah, and then wow. things got a little tight around Los Angeles and Hollywood. You know, rocks, stones, and bottles, and rocks in the streets, and people running back and forth to that um I forget the name of the club. Uh where was it? It was 
It wasn't by the whiskey. It was further down Sunset Boulevard. I'll think of it in a minute. I think I know the one you mean. I used to dance there. It looked like inside it was like part of a ship, right? Looked like a ship inside. Oh, that yeah, that was that was, It wasn't that place, but that <laughs> we did play that place as, yeah. as time. Oh, you. Oh. As the, the band called time. Yes, I know. You've been many many bands. You know, it's because of you. I was a bass player, not you know. My first three lovers, boyfriends, whatever you want to call them, were bass players because of oh. you. You were the first bass player. Okay. Then Chris Hillman yeah. and Noel Redding. Yeah, I was going to say player. Noel Redding. Yes, all bass players. <laughs> yeah. And they all can go to hell because they only had four strings. You know? <laughs> well. but, I, but then again, I had, I should go to hell too because yes, I had four strings. That's right. And, and so you still do. I try to get out of the dungeon by adding another string. So I have five strings on my bass. Oh, you do? I do now. D- did you invent that? No, I saw somebody. The Iron Butterfly had oh. a bass player that. Oh. You know he. Jerry. He would. He, yeah, he had. I knew Jerry. I, I looked at him. I said, "Wait a minute! One, two, three, <laughs> four, five string. <laughs> Holy crap! Wow! This is like a new beginning for me. I I want a five string bass. Uh huh. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I went. And, Music store and I asked him, "Do you have a fifth string?" Mm-hmm. No. Uh, I'll give you a set of five. Okay. And you uh, you created it yourself? So yeah. So now I had a five-string bass, and of course I had a lead singer in the new band, The Wolf, Lone Wolf, and um, kept thinking that that low East. B string was the E string and kept mixing them up and he's looking over at me you know but it was it was in time and it um you know like it everything fit except was the wrong note oh <laughs> that's not good no so uh okay so uh, the, the sparrow played the whiskey how did that go that went uh great we played uh see we did we played with um, The Doors, Jim Morrison. Mm-hmm. He lived in Laurel Canyon. Yes, remember? I know. Of course, I, I remember that well. I used to see well. him all the time. Uh, we used to hang out in that little grocery store yep, in Laurel Canyon. Canyon. Store, yeah. It's still there, right? Of course. I do yeah. rock and roll tours, and I take everybody to his old house there, and we wind up at the Canyon store. Yeah, the Canyon store. Yep. And then I remember you having, there was a secret way. If, you, if there was a lot of traffic, you could take the, the back road yeah. around the store. Yes, you and could. And come back up on the yep. other side yep. and try to slip in somewhere uh-huh. in a slot. Yep, that's right. Yeah. You still do that. Yeah, you uh-huh. still do that? Yes. <laughs> but not everybody knew about it. It's yes. a little secret. Uh, when, so where were you living? You stayed at the Tropicana, and then you and got your own place. When I then, met you, you were living on Hollywood Boulevard. Where we lived, yeah, I, I was living in Hollywood Boulevard, but I was in time. Ronnie Levin, the right. guy I got. Oh yes, we've got to talk about that. Okay, okay. that's I, very important. But okay. I want to get into the, the you know the order of it. So how did Sparrow become Steppenwolf? Well, Sparrow broke up at the place next to the whiskey. Remember that place what was the, the Galaxy? The Galaxy broke up there. We broke up 
and you know we said okay that's it is said we got we got to take some time off and i put together that band time with um bill richardson larry byram mm-hmm. and richard tapp and we got um ronnie levin bruce gardner and um what was his name um the guy from the studio Jeff Jeff Greenberg yeah the trio and you called them Pencil I, uh, Caramba yeah and Crazy Horse Cra- you always it. had names Caramba, for people <laughs> Crazy Horse and the Pencil and the Pencil right pencil. and the Pencil looked like he, he was a tall skinny guy with a long head yeah and that's why you called him Pencil you yeah. always had your own language you know you and and a lot of non sequiturs so it was pretty hard to follow your train of thought. Yeah, even I had a problem. Yeah. <laughs> was time? But I but I was so remember. enthralled with it, the way you spoke and the way you thought, you know, that I wrote that song, The Ooh Ooh Man, about you. Oh, okay. You used to say, ooh, 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 schnit, 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 yeah. all the time. That was a, instead of like, oh, groovy, man, you'd say, ooh, 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 schnit, schnit, schnit. Do you remember yeah, that? I, yeah, I can, I can kind of recall that it reminds me of something. Why don't we play that song right now, The Ooh Ooh Man? That's about you, Nick. Now, how does that feel? How about, do you remember any of those incidents? Like, we were in your amazing XKE. He had the most beautiful car of any rock star in Hollywood. You had a Jaguar XKE. Yeah. Kind of that gold cream color. Yeah. Oh, my God. I miss it. I've had dreams about it. And... It, was, it was an amazing car. But we were out one night. I forget where we were going. You you took me to some pretty cool places. Stefanino's, I remember, was our very first dinner date. But anyway, yeah. one night you, you you were behind someone who was slow, and and you said, pick up your big, you put your head out the window and said, pick up your big black shoe and put it on the accelerator. That's the kind of stuff you would just say out of nowhere. Well, when it I just first, was magical to me. When we first got the money to buy that car, yeah. I, I uh, we had our Rep Foster Associates was on Beverly Drive, oh, I and him. so um, I took about twenty grand and I had it in my hand, like I had it like a bunch of hundred dollar bills in my hand, and I went car shopping, and I went and stopped at the Rolls Royce and Jaguar dealership on Wilshire Boulevard, which uh-huh. wasn't that far away, and I saw the brown Jaguar in the window, and so it was around five, maybe a little bit after five, and I walked in, you know, I had the 
you know, whatever I was wearing. And this he looked pretty amazing. Tall guy with, uh, you know, kind of a brush cut, you know, uh-huh. come over and he wasn't a hippie. Yeah. And he asked me, like, uh, you, you, you know, we're going to be closing. Is there anything I can help you with? Yeah, because we, you know, we're going to be closing. He says, "Yeah, I'm going to buy that brown Jaguar right there in your window." <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, I know. <laughs> Me too." <laughs> Excellent. I like to purchase that myself and just, you know, drive around and. Well, that's what I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to purchase that one and drive around, just like you said. But oh, for boy. right now, son, we're closing shop. You gotta, I said, well, I got the money. You know, I know we all have the money, but it's a lot. I said, I have a lot of money. I had a big wad sticking out of my pocket. And I said, and I pulled it out, and I showed him the money. I mm-hmm. said, I, I want, I want to buy that car now. I said, Well, we're ready. We want to stay open. That's what we got to do. <laughs> we are going to stay open. Well, we're like, we're like. I guess it's, I got the wrong days mixed up. <laughs> Tonight, today, we're staying open. You want to buy that car? Let's see. Oh no, 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 no! Don't put that money away. Just Put it right there. Well, I haven't bought the car yet. That's, that's okay. Let's, let's trade, okay? Let's sit down and let's work this out. So you and, you drove it out. So, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I didn't, I couldn't drive it out because it had to be road ready. It had to, they had oh. to get into it and oh. test it out and get it all set up. And I said, can I pick it up tomorrow afternoon? He says, I think so. I think we can work it out so that you can drive it out tomorrow afternoon. You can come oh. in afternoon, like after 12 noon. Okay, that that sounds good. And so I did. I showed up at like one minute after 12. <laughs> yeah. I was actually outside at 1130. <laughs> it was a beautiful car. And, yeah, and then so oh and they God. brought it out and they said, here you are. And the guy hands me the keys and I said, thank you. And I drove off and down to Pacific Coast Highway, oh. and and I was feeling like a million bucks. I, was, I, I said, bet. "Is this this is rock and roll? This yes. is this is playing music and riding around in this thing? Oh my God!" I said, oh, "I said play a little bit of Jimi Hendrix, you know." I had a oh. tape, and I turned it way up. It was booming, and I'm doing about seventy miles an hour on. Um, Pacific Coast Highway <clears throat> and I noticed I looked in the mirror I couldn't help it but this thing was really shining up it was like boom wow, like red lights <laughs> and I was just oh shit I think that that's a sign to pull over I think like look around I'm the only car out there I guess it's, it's me they want <laughs> so I pulled over and stopped and uh rolled up the windows and just turned up the radio a little bit and this guy I see him oh no he's getting out the fl- the lights are still on and it's 
big old guy gets out of the car, out of his police car, and he comes over and he puts his head in the window. His, I see his big, he's like a pumpkin head. You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's knocking. And I said, oh, shit. You know, I'm listening to Jimi Hendrix, man. And uh, <laughs> so okay. um, I rolled down the window halfway and and I turned down the music a little bit and um, through that little opening in the window, uh, I I ordered a, a a cheeseburger with uh, French fries <laughs> and some uh, ketchup and a Coke. <laughs> I bet he liked and that. He said, "What?" His face got all red and puffy, <laughs> and he put his arm through that slot that I had opened enough to talk through. And I saw his arm coming in and grabbing my jacket and pulling me, <laughs> trying to pull me out of that <clears throat> opening. And then I, I said, this fucking thing's got a door. You know, uh, let, let me open the door. And he said, okay, so I opened the door and got out and he says, put your hands in the car. I said, Oh, that's okay. a terrible way to start your first day with your car. Okay, then. Uh, you know, because he's leafing through the that little, he had that little pad, and he's on, that's what I thought. He looked like a car hop, you know, like at the burger place. <laughs> so oh, I says, uh, uh, uh. I could take you in for this. I says, no, don't take me in for this or that. <laughs> he said, I'll <laughs> Do I'll, I'll do the ticket, but you know it's my first time, which is God, you know, blah blah uh, blah. Yeah, and, you explain. Uh, he, he, but he let me go and, and um, gave the ticket to Reb Foster. Oh, and then they now, took care of it. Was he managing you at the time? He yeah. was a real nut, you know. I'm sure you were. We were aware of that. Oh yeah, that whole group: Bert Jacobs and Bill Utley. I didn't. I just Reb knew Foster. Reb for briefly. God, he was really a nutcase. So tell me, there's a segue here that I'm not sure what happened. Were you ever in Steppenwolf? Um, or did you go from that sparrow to time? No, or, I went from time, that's right, from sparrow to time. And then John and them had recorded all the songs that we had worked on for the last three years being the Sparrow. Right. But they hired a bass player to come <gasps> in for the bass parts. John Murray rushed in. Why was he angry at you or something? Or had you no, left? No, the band had... You left already. The, the, yeah, <clears throat> I had a new band time and we got a huge I remember that huge deal. deal. I know, and I remember. I never seen a penny of it. I was one of... Except you got the car. Got the car, but that was with... Uh, that was with Steppenwolf. Oh. Yeah, so oh. I had gone. Oh, my God. Because I never understood exactly uh, the okay. order of that. With the Galaxy band breaks up, Sparrow. Right. Yeah. Then me, Nick, <laughs> goes and puts together a band called Time. Trust in men the everywhere. three guys left in Steppenwolf, they... God, uh, Dennis Edmonton, Mars Bond, also known as Mars Bonfire, oh. wrote "Born to Be Wild," right, and um, started 
he didn't want to play in a band, so they got Michael Monarch. I found Michael. Yeah. And I cast that whole band. Of each, huh. None of the guys knew each other, but it didn't matter. They were all in the same band, so that then they knew each other. Um, or were get they to know upset each other. when you left the band to uh, go do time? Well, they, they were... They were you know, angry at the facts that, you know, I decided to put another band together called Time. Yeah. And we got that big advance. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Artie Rip was involved. And um, I can't remember what happened to the airplay on the song Take Me Along. But for some reason, they used to fight after every time we got together the three of them jeff and ron levin and um bruce garden be out in the hallway fighting over the money that was supposed to be going to us we're supposed to have like be part ownership of that cash this (laughs) that was a lot of cash it's like five hundred thousand dollars yeah i remember this whole time this is when i was hanging out with you yeah and i saw time play the daisy club remember in a couple other places yeah and i i spent a lot of time with you and and bruce and well crazy horse carumba and the pencil now yeah. what happened to them eventually it was some horrible thing didn't he wind up getting murdered the pencil well the pencil <laughs> took the money from carumba and oh. and um the, so he wound up getting the money somehow some the money they fought over yeah okay well, here's what happens the, in the timeline, this is like jumping uh, ahead would be that I got, they saw me playing for the Mighty Clouds of Joy was the opening group. Yeah. And then time played, and John K. Goldie and Jerry Edmonton came in, and they saw uh, that I was, you know, playing bass for them, and they cornered me and asked me to come back with the band, and they call it Steppenwolf. Oh, okay. So they hadn't done their first tour yet. So um, I, at that time, was so tired of the management fighting over nickels and dimes and big bucks. And um, I decided to go with Steppenwolf, the, the group that I was uh, familiar that, with, that, that, that I grew up started. with in yeah. Toronto. <laughs> yeah. And especially since, yeah, like I basically, you know... Um, put all the created. pieces together. Yeah, you for created Steppen that. Wolf. Yeah. So you went back with them. Yeah. Now, went back what with albums them. did you play on? I played uh, on uh, Step Over at Your Birthday Party, the Monster album. Uh, we did Born to Be Wild on the album performed at uh, Santa Monica Civic. Mm-hmm. And then there was, they released. I can't believe they did that. They released an album that we recorded as Sparrow as mm. and called it New Steppenwolf. Oh. Early Steppenwolf. Oh. And that was recorded in the Matrix under a piano on a Roberts two track tape recorder. And it came out. Wow. And it came out and they released it and they somebody sold and they they uh fixed it up in the studio. Oh. And uh, made it sound like half listenable. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of junk on there. But, oh, that's uh, rude. It was fun, fun junk, and it was, uh. any hippie would understand it. <laughs> and he would have to take drugs to really get behind it. Yeah. And, uh. um, well, okay, what is your favorite 
song because we we want to hear that we're going to uh, play tripping it. in the sunshine no the, no the no the, with steppenwolf with on the steppenwolf. monster album um that would be like the monster said it all it was like we were at war with vietnam and we're fighting uh to try to get placement in those that fought along the same lines as what we were doing. So it's trying to give the soldiers support in Vietnam. Wow, really? That's really different. Almost like an anti-protest song. Yeah, like we were, were, like we called the monster was the government was the monsters reaching out and creating all these unnecessary battles mm-hmm. all over the yeah. world yeah and um and we were against us we had that monster if you look at the album it's a bunch of mice carrying rifles going up and down mm-hmm. a hill and stuff uh-huh and um so that was uh the one album that uh, that stood out in the cover for that monster album was done on Pacific Coast Highway. You know that section of Pacific Highway that goes up? It looks like a beach. Somebody's like, what did God do here? Like he put a beach on a slant. <laughs> I don't quite know that spot. Did you know that what no, I'm talking about? No. It's a big, huge, sandy spot. I guess it's years and years of like wind-driven sand uh-huh. That couldn't. That was. That was be the last place it could go. Would be in that cove, right? And, um, up against <gasps> the cliffs of that. You know that. Well, it's not a mountain. It's just like a tall, big you know, rock. The, I think I rock. know the one you mean. I think I do. Yeah. Yeah. In Santa pe- Monica. People like yeah. They 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 stop their cars and then they try to go up the beach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like on a slant. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to hear that song. of the music in the studio and then John came in after we laid down all the tracks and did his vocal mm-hmm. vocals on top of laid and mixing the vocals in with the tracks and that was it and I guess everybody really liked it a lot and um, so Steppenwolf uh, went on to do like a number of uh, like Tours and stuff yeah, all over the yeah. country. Went I'm to sure. Europe, uh, Hawaii. Went everywhere. Um, 
Denmark, Norway, Sweden. Um, went to uh, played in London. Uh, then um, we did that Wembley Stadium. Mm -hmm. Cool. I remember that date because I think ten years after it was on the show, and I'm trying to remember. Cream was on it, and at that time, everybody still brought their own amplifiers. Everybody stacks. I remember you were the, you you were great if you had a lot of amplifiers. Right, right. All so, stacked up like a wall, right? Yeah. So we had like these walls, and, it, and there was a huge <laughs> stage, and um, we had our own little wall with it was like a city up <laughs> yes. on stage. Yeah. You know, they, what happened? Uh, playing down here, <laughs> and then John, I couldn't see John, or I couldn't, I could see Jerry. But I couldn't see John, and I couldn't see Goldie, and I saw Michael Monarch, you know. But then there's all these amplifiers in the way. So then Jerry, like, there's just a lot of people. Yeah. And um, and they start, they, they counted the song, and we we went into two different songs. Because oh, you the just two were, people that I couldn't didn't see yet. We forgot. That was the only like we That's did funny. Magic Carpet Ride and the Pusher at the same time. <laughs> I wish I'd been there for that. Yeah, so oh. like, we're plowing along to see who was louder, <laughs> what song would prevail. And <laughs> well, that's excellent. We finally, you know, like I, I took a little walk around this one building and looked at Johnny, and he's, you know, like biting the air. Oh, and so we finally were able to curb the thing and form it into the pusher, and uh, <laughs> so on we went. That's excellent. Yeah, that was that was great. And a few hundred thousand people, they were probably wondering. Well, they were all stoned anyway. They, they were all stoned. Oh and my they, God! They, they, they accepted were. everything as long as there was a sound, you know, coming out at roll them. around yeah. in their own head. Yeah, for sure. I want to go back to time a little bit because I do want to play a couple of these okay. songs. Okay, now my favorite's "Trippin' Into Sunshine." "Trippin' Into Sunshine." Okay. Did you yeah help write that? I penned that. That was uh, one of the songs that I brought to the group. Well, I want to hear that. Steppenwolf uh, <laughs> broke up again and uh -huh. again and again. Yes, I know you guys over did. Over I know. And over again. I you kept know, like track. Different, different people, like, and it's, you don't know who Steppenwolf's at. I think at one time Steve Green, an agent out of Phoenix, 
put out five different Steppenwolves, and he was collecting money on all oh. of them. Oh. And so it got, it got kind of crazy. But uh, when, when did it finally? I was in the one with Goldie McJohn. Yeah. And I had uh, Ken Henry in the band. Do you remember mm. him? Ken no. Henry, he was in the For Ladies Only. Oh. And uh, we were playing Indianapolis. And in Indianapolis, we played there on a, this, this uh, venue on a Friday and Saturday night. We played it Friday night. And then we went back to our motel that following the concert and parties and all that good stuff. And I'm in my room on the bottom floor, and it was about 8 o'clock in the morning, and I was fast asleep, and all of a sudden, boom, crash. Uh, this guy come flying into my room like a Superman. Yeah. He had a helmet, and um, he was just, he's like one of those uh, just Guys that you know trying out to be an outlaws prospect, they call him. Oh yeah, I don't know and about that. Yeah, he he broke any this glass all over the place, and then there's the window shades still still, still moving, and he's on the foot of the bed picking himself up, picking the glass out of his skin, and he's trying to straighten out his helmet and his glasses, and I'm laying in bed, and. I'm looking at what I'm looking at, him doing yeah. that. And yes. I look at the time. I look over and see the clock. It's like five after eight. Yeah. Five minutes after eight. I said, um, I don't know what's going on, but uh, could you come back like at nine? <laughs> <laughs> is, that is so you. This is really early. <laughs> Holy shit. This is, this is really early. I, you always it's, had the most unique way of thinking, Nick. He's like, you, you know, you need to get dressed. <laughs> oh, jeez. You guys, I'm I'm not kidding you. Uh, oh, man. So I got dressed, and I went with him out the door. Window still broken. Room left as is. Took my keys. Went down the hallway, down the stairs. And it's a cement parking lot. And down down in the parking lot was two outlaws sitting there in the front seat and the prospect and me had to get in the back seat i don't know what this is outlaws i don't know it's a kidnapping oh, oh. <laughs> they kidnapped me they do <laughs> what they kidnapped me yeah for for what ransom i didn't know i said <laughs> uh you know you guys i i think i seen recognized one of you at the show last night is mm. that am i right and they said well, we were there last night. Yeah, we plan on going tonight. Depends on how things are going. Oh. And I said, depends on how things are going. Okay. Okay, well, great. So we drove to the outskirts of town. It's a greenhouse and a large, long, green lawn. Like, it's like a golf course lawn. Yeah. But there's a fence, a, a chaining fence on one side of this lawn. And there's a big ghetto area right across the freeway. And they're telling me that every now and then they get one of them. This is like, this is like, not right or something. Yeah. And we get, you know, like in the old black and white 
cowboy movies, they would have the scouts and the Indians, and all the Indians would form a circle around the lead Indian and the scout. Yeah. And they would start talking sign language and smoking a peace pipe and this and that and whatever. That's the kind of surrounding I got into. There's a long line of silver bikes all in a row, neatly placed. Yes. And then there's bodies like that hadn't woken up yet. And some were sitting up and some most of them were lying down, hadn't got up yet. But they got up when they heard the noise that they got somebody. They hit, they got a fish. They went, they went and they got me. Wow. They went, they went and got me. They they, yes. they showed up. And they they chose all, you for some reason. Yeah, so they all get up, and then they form this big circle around me and the head guy over there, the leader of the outlaws. And, um, and he says to me, he looks at me, they're all there. They're all bearded up, you know. Like Hell's Angels looking? Yeah. Okay. This is, this is the outlaws. They, okay. hate, they hate the angels. They hate, angels hate oh, the outlaws. Okay. I wasn't familiar with them. So the guy says, you're probably wondering why we brought you here. No. <laughs> no I wasn't wondering at all. I'm here. You're here. We're together. You know? This party well he says no not so fast he says you gotta beat one of us in horseshoes to get back to the hotel then we'll take you back did this really happen yeah i said (laughs) you gotta be kidding right this is so him too i'm telling you this this is is nicholas right here play horseshoes that's my ticket back to the hotel so i can play that night tonight saturday night and uh they said, well, not so fast. They said, here, they handed me a cold beer. Yeah. Okay, I get the cold beer and a horseshoe, two <laughs> horseshoes. Said, okay, well, let's get her going, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, down the beers, okay, you're a shot. And they make, they line up, you know, they've exposed the peg on the other end. <laughs> And my first shoe, I swear to God, took went straight up in the air and ended up on the roof because we were <laughs> that close to the house. And oh, I said, dear. Oh, they said, well, we should have brought you suitcases. And now you're going to be here for a while. But little did they know that when I went to camp. I went to YMCA camp for 11 years. And that's all we did is play horseshoes and horseshoes and more shoes. Yes. And so I beat the first guy, kept throwing, started throwing ringers. And he said, wait, wait, wait a minute, uh, we have another beer. <laughs> and so then I started throwing more ringers, and I beat the second guy. He says, okay, that's it. Then a guy comes out of the basement of that little house, the little white house on the green lawn, and he has with him two leather armbands with the Monster album and a, a, glass, a deck of cards and a syringe and uh, uh, some dice and uh, just a skull, you know, flames shooting out of the eyes. And so I figured, this is great. This is perfect. How, how, how perfect can it be? This is nice. It's warm. I get, and the guy hands me these two armbands. He says, here. And the name of the guy that gave them to me is Crash. 
Uh-huh. Crash was in the outlaws, but he just got out of the penitentiary. Okay. So he and was he downstairs. And he was on speed and on some you? some drugs, making and carving up this leather armbands in the basement of the house. And they had they had this whole thing planned. Wow, Nick. It, that could only happen to you, though. Because I remember the stories you used to tell me that I just couldn't believe. I said, well, he's got an incredibly fanciful imagination, which you do. But these things actually happen to you. These they happen. That's a real wild one. Too bad that you know no one took photos of that stuff back then. We didn't think about taking pictures, right? Because I'd love yeah. to see images of you throwing those horses. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you know, I'll do a photo shoot anytime. Pitching horseshoes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the whole video here. This is how hippies play horseshoes. <laughs> I want to ask you something. If you remember a, a, a certain thing, when the GTOs played the Shrine Auditorium, you came to that show. Yes, I did. And I was so embarrassed to sing the Ooh Ooh Man, knowing you were there in the audience. I was so uh, shy about it. I was there it. with Randy. Yeah. Well, Randy and I became good friends, as you know. Yeah. Even while you guys were together and we were all, it was like we were hippies. She yeah. told me to sleep with you while they, while they, while you guys were engaged because she wasn't ready yet. She wasn't ready. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, she, she I, I said, Randy, I says, follow me. And, and I had, I, I think that we went down into the dressing room yeah. and there was, um, there was the, the three guys out of cream. Uh, in which dressing room? In the, in the band Zappa, dressing room. The Zappa area? Yeah, but in one of the dressing rooms. There, there was, were all kinds of dressing There were so many of us in that show. Yeah, they had, uh, the, what's his name? Um, Eric Clapton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the drummer, remember Ginger Baker. Right, right. And Bruce... Um, Bruce uh, I don't remember all the. Bruce, I was never a Jack fan Bruce of Bruce on bass okay. and Eric Clapton on guitar. They're all three of them are sitting there on a bench. There's no one else in the room. Randy and I walk in, and I asked the three of them. I said, "Listen, you guys are doing so great. You know, do you guys want to be in a movie?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, they uh, all looked at each other. Okay. <laughs> I said, that's great. Uh, well, how do I get a hold of you? Oh, my. And so they wrote down <laughs> the phone number and stuff of, of management and whatever and yeah. how to get a hold of them. And then we had a short discussion after that. And then Randy and I walked out. You didn't see the GTOs play? Uh, we saw the GTOs okay. play. Yeah. Okay, good. Oh, yeah, we did. Because I'm sure I saw you out there. Yeah, we, yeah, of course. We saw you play. It was a great, <laughs> it was a great show, and uh, that, was, that was fun stuff. It was like family, you know, back, yeah. back then. Yeah, it was. Like, we were all one. Yeah. We really believed in all that love stuff back then, didn't we? Yeah, it's, it's like it's, um, we were all stuck. It's like Velcro. Like it's, you know, we just hung out together. And yeah, there was a... a a, a certain group of people, a bunch yeah. of peace-loving freaks, huh? And I got arrested on, what's that police station just down the street from the Whiskey Gogo? Oh, the San Vicente station. Yeah, San yeah. Vicente. Yeah. Because I had Hunter Freeman. He owned that. 
Al Capone type of style of body. Like it's like station wagon, but older from 1939 or something. And it's like a panel truck station wagon, and it had all painted up with an American flag. Will pot be legalized? And all wow. kinds of skeletons. Way ahead of heads, time. Everybody <laughs> painted on it and stuff and this and that. Yeah. And I used that. I asked Hunter Freeman if I could use that his that car that vehicle, and um, to pick up some amplifiers. You know, I needed to bring it over to the whiskey. He said, sure, take it. I drove it, and then was the only driver, and I drove it down San Vicente and got pulled over. Yeah. And they said, you know, they stopped me and they made me get out of the car, and I told them, I said, I just got out of the mental home. <laughs> if, if you want to be, get right down to it. <laughs> if you guys want to arrest me or take me in, that's cool, but... You know, I just want to let you know I'm out of the mental home, and now I'm in your hands. <laughs> so you want? Says, yeah, we're going to take you down to the station. Uh, why? What had you done? Nothing. I just driving that, and but, they searched the vehicle. Oh, okay. And, and earlier that day, there was a, a music store. I'm trying to remember the big music store on Santa Monica Boulevard. Uh, I remember it a minute, but. Uh, I had bought, I wanted to add to the effects of the stuff going on in the pusher, I bought a whole, a beautiful set of bird whistles. Okay. Like I had a Cherokee, I had like, I had like a, you know, like a nightingale. Oh I had my an God, owl, Nick, you and birds. And it had a whole, like all these silver, like they're all in a, like in a, in a row in a beautifully laid out black box like silverware yeah like you know you open a box of silverware yeah except forks and knives you had like little bird whistles <laughs> right and so I'm back at the at San Vicente station at lunch break with all these guys these cops back there but they took their hats off and they asked they kind of asked yeah, you don't mind if we but Try these out. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, uh. It sounded like a bird Avery in there. Uh, uh, I can't believe this story. You it's, crazy it's like freaking stories, Nick. There's all these people and stuff going on. What, oh, what hey, let me let, let, let me try that one there. <laughs> let me try that. Let me try yours. I like that. What were you arrested for that night? They put handcuffs on me. It took me in. It was during the day because we we're doing sound check, and I needed mm-hmm. to. You know, get stuff back and forth yeah. to the to the whiskey. Yeah. And um, they took me. And now they're all blown on my bird whistles. <laughs> so I went back back to the police station there with all the benches. You know, some are having lunch, and the rest of them are all blown whistles. <laughs> so. Oh my God, Nick! So they you gave know them, they gave them back to me. They didn't. They took the handcuffs off me. And let me go. So they liked you, you see. They found well, out that you that you were. A, and I had one of those long caftans on. Oh, I remember when you wore those long dresses. Yeah, that, you were they, the most. He was God, the most beautiful man alive. I was so obsessed with you, Nick. You oh, know that. They, they had uh, uh, those dresses. They. Uh, <laughs> I will. I will let you wear all of caftans. them. Caftans, yeah. He used to wear these long, beautiful things with gold embroidery and all that. And he had this incredibly long, 
incredibly gorgeous, long, curly, blonde hair. You were such a beauty. You're still very handsome, Nick. Oh, thank you. Uh, I, uh, you are, too. You're beautiful. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't changed a bit. Oh, God. You're still That's the not same true. Pamela. And I remember your mom had a rock collection. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I used to I used to remember looking at the rocks. Yeah. And you'd have them on the mantle. Yes, that's right. I remember at your house. Wow. Reseda. That's when I was in Reseda. Yeah, so Reseda. I'm back in Reseda now. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've come full circle. Where's uh, Devonshire Downs? It is up north. North from here? North of here, right? God. Devonshire Downs, because Devonshire is north, the street. So, yeah, that that was a place where bands played back then. It doesn't exist anymore. You know that, right? No, I, fi- I figured probably knock it down. Yeah. You know, they yeah. knock everything that's worthwhile. Yeah. They knock it down and build. Especially in this town. Another dry cleaning place. Yeah, or worse. Way. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to get, before we have to say adios, I want to get to your new band. And how long? Well, okay, after Steppenwolf. What happened? After Steppenwolf. Um, and after time. After time, then Steppenwolf ceased to exist, and I'm at home. Now I'm still there with Randy living on Hollywood Hills Road. Was she your first wife? Yeah. How many have you had? Five. Oh, <laughs> okay. And you're not married now, though, right? Or are you? No. Oh, no. Okay. Um, so they, uh, I was up in, um, like, still the band was done. Time was done. Damien was done. Stepmove was done. Everything was done. Right. Except one night, Danny Hutton from Three Dog Night mm-hmm. and Bruce uh, Derringer. Uh, Rick Derringer? Rick Derringer. Okay. Uh-huh. And Ibaka Theta and Robin Myers, these two guys I did not know. Oh, yeah, they I were remember. from um they were from San Francisco. And the, 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 the black singer looked like Jimi Hendrix's little sister. Mm. And mm-hmm. I remember and they needed a bass player and I needed a band. Mm-hmm. We figured, oh, okay, we'll put this thing together. We played and it sounded good and the singer like he wrote most of the songs, and we started playing out. And I figured they were called Nazgul. Won't work. I said. I said that's. <laughs> How Nazgul. would you even spell that? No, Nazgul. It's uh, that's shit. You know, that's we gotta come up with something else. When I look at Ipicus Theta, and I see him, and I'm looking at him, I said the name of the band is Queen. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I. <clears throat> not homecoming queen or queen of the ball. No, it's just queen. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And I, I went down to, and I registered the name of doing business as, and they gave it to me, secretary of state, gave it, gave it, got all the clearances and this and that, whatever. And then we started rehearsing and playing out. We mm. played the whiskey as queen. Mm-hmm. I remember. We played uh, several colleges and um, as queen, and then one day uh, there was no Ibicus Theta. He left? 
He disappeared, right? He disappeared. Right. He disappeared for over 22 years. Right. <laughs> right. And I'm I'm in a house in Ventura, uh-huh. gone full circle, get the phone call. I said, who is this? He says, Ibicus. Yeah, Ibicus Theta. And There's only says, one, right? Yes. He <laughs> says, oh, good. I'm glad to hear you're still alive. Who are you? New York? Okay, good. I hung up. I didn't want to talk to him because I knew and I had heard that there was rumors going around that because Seda was bought off. He had a lot of money come in to mm-hmm. him, and they mm-hmm. took him out of my band. They took him out of the Queen band. It was mm-hmm. just Robin Myers and me left. Mm-hmm. And somebody had given Ibicus Theater a lot of money. And then a few months later, I was told there's a poster of Queen, which was now legal to for someone that came come along. You either use it or you lose it. And you lose it if you don't uh, use it. For certain years, So I didn't years, lose right? it. Yeah. I didn't, I mean, I didn't use it, so I lost it to a group in England. And my theory is that Somehow, because it was always strangers out by the house in the front yard at Hollywood Hills Road, along right. with Kim Fowley and R- Roddy Bingenheimer, and then the Cockettes from yeah. San Francisco. I know you had a wild house. It drove, out, it drove Randy nuts. All all <laughs> made up and silver lipped and all yeah. this good stuff and yep. so on. And they gave us a lot of support. But there's nothing that we could do with the name Queen disappearing, so did they, all the hanger honors, and the name of the band like became a new Queen from England. Right. And so my theory is that they had taken him out. They purchased him, take him out of the band so that there there would be no Queen and they would get the use of the name. Yeah, yeah. It's the only way that they could use the name would be was to take the singer out, even to though take it was the singer your, out, even though pay you. Off. But you're the one who owned it, right? Right. I owned it, and I did business at DBA yeah. business as Queen. Yeah. And then I do remember that. Uh, I'm sitting at him, and all of a sudden I get a call saying I should go down to Tower Records and look at the poster in the window. Which I did. I hopped on my Triumph, my motorcycle. Yeah, I remember writing it. Yeah, and I went down there and <laughs> uh, I looked at the poster. I said, "That's not Queen. That's not us." I said, "Uh oh." I and I didn't know enough. I didn't know then Such what I know now that yeah. I could have easily have changed things and and sued and, them, <clears throat> right? Huh? Sued them. You sued, them sued them. Or, or either or join the, the band. Yeah. <laughs> Have them lease the name or sell it to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in in the history of Queen, you know, there's Freddie Mercury said that when he first heard the name Queen, it felt like somebody brought him the information about Queen and thought it would be perfect for their, I mean, they were just awesome. What what an incredible band. Yes, yes. You can't take that away from them. But the name Queen, they took that away from me. I know. That's and, a horrible you know, name. They, they were nasty and um there was little I could do to change things. Yeah. I'm sorry. So just well, it's one of those things you you win, you lose and you go sideways, upside, downside, every which way when you're in the yeah. music business. Yeah. Anything goes and yep. there's a still a lot of pile of 
things that happened along the way, some comical things that happened prior to my starting World Classic Rockers. I know you have so many stories, but I know you have a time frame, and it's you have to be somewhere. Yeah, we could do part so, two. Yeah, we could do part two one day. Absolutely, yeah. but I want to hear about World Classic Rockers before we go. Okay, World Classic Rockers in 1997, um, there was no hope for any uh, anything. I felt I would want to get, see if I could find, I got invited to go to Fort Lauderdale and participate with um, others, like from, there was a guy there from Aerosmith, there was a guy from Foghat, there was mm -hmm. a guy from, like, from several different bands and they were all on the same stage donating their time to the Toys for Tot run in Fort Lauderdale. And I did that run, mm -hmm. and the crowd was good. We had about 50,000 people out there, and they all had a good time. And on my flight home, um, I thought, well, geez, if I did this uh, on a permanent basis, I could maybe land a gig doing just this, showing up with guys from different bands yeah, yeah. all on one stage and one concept. And then I took that idea and went to Las Vegas, set up my booth. I got, to make a long story short, I got all my, all whatever it took to get a booth at the International Fair Convention in Las Vegas at the uh, Hilton. Uh-huh. And uh, with all the agencies, William Morris and the rest of them and the management companies and everybody, there was country, there was, there was country, rock and roll, you name it, it was there, all get trying to get booked and people looking to book things. And they looked at mine. I had a big 800 number, and mm. I called it, I don't know, what are we doing? We're playing classic rock music. What do we call it? World classic rockers <laughs> would sound better than world class rockers. That's mm. assuming huh. a role, and I don't want to assume a role. So, and I didn't want to sign any contracts. Like all the attorneys in Hollywood told me to sign everybody, and I said, I said I don't want to sign anybody. Everybody's an independent contractor to come and go as they please, and if they don't want to come, that's fine. And they will only show up if they really want to play. And I want to, I want people that want to play, and get paid to play. And so I got my first round. I had Michael Monarch from Steppenwolf, <laughs> and great. I got Bobby Kimball from Toto, the lead singer. I got Denny Lane from Wings, uh -huh. and then Denny Sywell, the drummer from Wings. And I got Randy Meisner from the Eagles, and. Um, we came together and played a few dates. I was, by the way, at the convention, everybody turned me down. I was like flat, huh. we don't want to do it because we've tried this before, Nick. Try to do something else. Get a job or do something, but don't, <laughs> don't try this. The World Classic Rocks, it'll never work. Well, when I went back, you know, and I put this last show together at the Billboard Club on Sunset Boulevard, and into the green room after the show walks Kevin White and Chris Burke. Chris Burke is the head of the corporate department mm. over at William Morris Agency. Ah. And Kevin White was busy um, he in a sports and entertainment business, you know, selling commodities to uh, film companies like Coca-Cola in a movie or yeah, yeah. somebody something in a movie. 
and so the two of them are best friends, and they they asked me, they said, Nick, in the green room, after they saw the show at the billboard, they said, Nick, uh, would you be interested in doing uh, other shows or doing shows? I said, or corporate shows. Corporate shows, I know. And I had to turn around, I almost broke my neck, and I said, <laughs> "What? what's a corporate show? What? Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll do them. We'll <laughs> yeah. do corporate shows. Yeah. And um, so uh, since that night and now we have done over 900 corporate shows. That's just amazing. All over you, the world, Hong Kong. I know. He's turned this into some incredible business. I'm just so proud of you. Yeah. And it's good, too. I've seen you guys. Yes, I've seen uh, that uh, Ainsley Dunbar, yeah. the drummer from Journey. We have Randy Meisner, who uh, unfortunately is, isn't with us anymore, but the lead singer of Boston, uh, Frank huh. Cosmo, the lead uh. singer of Kansas, uh, John Elefante. Then we have Leonard Skinner, uh, Randall Hall. I know. We have Michael Monarch still with us. Oh, you do? Guitar. Tell yeah. him hi for me. Yeah. And then Greg Walker, who was with Carlos Santana for 12 years. Um, so they're all in the same band, and we've yeah. been together for since 1997. That's uh, about 21 years. Of, so great. And I don't have anybody signed. Nobody's, there's no signatures yeah. any, anywhere. Yeah, everybody's, you're doing it your way. Everybody's gotten paid for what they did. And yeah. I've never shorted anybody, and they've always gotten every dime. I'm sure, and Nick. On time. And so. And, and you keep playing these gigs, right? We have a date coming up in two <laughs> weeks, in May 4th, at uh, the uh, Microsoft Theater <gasps> in downtown Los Angeles. Wow, really? Yeah. But regular people can't go, right? I'm not sure what it is, but I'll let you know. <laughs> you yeah. have to be a corporate person to see I'll, your gigs. I'll let now. you know. Okay, yeah, what, I'd love to see is. you play locally. That would be so cool. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. It's been so fun to talk with you. I found out things I didn't even know after knowing you all these years. Oh. I want to close out with one of the time songs. Okay. This band was so incredible. Now, which one? Finders Keepers? Should we close with that? Yeah, we can play Finders Keepers. Losers, okay. Weepers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's Finders Keepers. Keepers, baby Losers, weepers Yeah 
So how about that, dolls? You can't shut the guy up, which is a good thing. He has so much to say and has such an incredible memory. You know, I, what I just love the story about, you know, Rick James and having to wear the a dress like a minor bird. That is so crazy. He has so many crazy stories, and we're going to get some more of them one of these days. So thank you so much for listening. And um, next time, I think you're going to be able to hear some of my writers in my writing workshop here in L.A. I've decided to have them read some of the pieces they write in class just so you can hear what we're up to here. So I think that's what next time you're going to be able to sit in on one of my writing workshops. Okay, this is Miss Pamela's words of wisdom for the day. I just want you to take a look in the mirror and kiss it. Okay, just love yourself like you love all these other people in your life and realize that you are just as important, maybe more so because you live inside yourself than all those other people. So please just look in the mirror and smile at yourself today and give it a smooch. Okay, until next time, I am Miss Pamela and you've just been to my pajama party. Keep up with all I do at PamelaDaybar.com and interact with me on Instagram at the Pamela Day Bar. Okay, dolls. Bye. Yeah, hey. Come on. Hey diggers, Christian Swain here with a short pause for a great cause. We believe music education for young people is an investment in a better future for all of us. If you listen to our podcasts, chances are you agree. Little Kids Rock has transformed the lives of more than 650,000 public school students by bringing music education into their schools. Little Kids Rock trains teachers in underfunded schools to teach kids the music they love. From the Beatles to Bruno Mars, Led Zeppelin to Lady Gaga, Chuck Berry to Chance the Rapper. Little Kids Rock has become a national movement to restore, expand, and innovate music education in public schools across America. Visit littlekidsrock.org and learn more about how you can help put music where it belongs, in our schools. Thank you, and let's keep up the rockin' right into the next generation. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology.